Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham CC. Um, as ever, I am joined uh, by my comrade in arms, Salman Ali from North London. How are you, Sal? I'm well done, thanks. Yeah, good to be back on. We had a bit of a sabbatical, haven't we, during the sort of Christmas yeah. period and a bit of a recharge. Our batteries, obviously, we've got a long season coming ahead, hopefully. Um, so it's good to be back on again. Um, you know, the, the, the lights are getting, the dark, sorry, the nights are getting a bit lighter now. So it's good to see that as well. And well, it's getting a bit more brighter. So I'm really excited about season starting back up again in April. Yeah, it always feels like that, doesn't it? You, you move into January and then February and slowly but surely uh, sides are indoor netting and, and there's talk of, you know, promotion challenges from sides that were rubbish last year and, and, and sides have gone down are all set to bounce back. It's great stuff, you know, building, up to the, building up to the season. Um, with us tonight, uh, a fellow Twickenham CC member, Eugene Berger. Of course, everyone is probably aware that Eugene is very much our tech man. He helps these podcasts come into existence. In fact, they wouldn't come into existence if it, if it wasn't for Eugene behind the scenes. So great to have him um, with, with a microphone in front of him this time as well. Eugene, how are you? Yeah, not bad, thanks, Dan. It's, it's interesting. I, um, in the winter, I get to come on the pod. In the summer, uh, I know it's summer because I'm not on the pod ever, which is great. And we've got lots of guests coming on. So from my perspective, I'm actually looking forward to the summer because I get to, to watch you guys instead of um, come up with clever words to say on here. Oh, you usually do yourself down with plenty of clever words, I mean, particularly after a few shandies, you know, completely <laughs> profound then. Absolutely, but, yeah. No, but good to to see you. I'll have to deal with you as you are, yeah. All good. Um, right, I was going to kick off. We have, um, we've had an AGM um, and all sensible organisations have AGMs. Um, it's a good opportunity for people to, um, to to chew the fat a little bit uh, and to talk about league business. Now, of course, I say chew the fat a little bit because normally you have AGMs in person and uh, that didn't happen this time round for perfectly understandable reasons. Getting lots of people in, in, in a room is not the easiest thing in a global pandemic. Um, so I think that I think Nick Brown wisely decided to to, to have this AGM by via Zoom. Um a bit of a challenge. I must. I was expecting, you know, it to be a little bit more sort of a little bit more comedy in there than there was, because of course, you know, seventy odd people on a Zoom meeting. It, it, you'd expect a few folks to leave microphones on and 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 to somehow cock it up, but we didn't really have much of that. It it certainly didn't go on for hours and hours because we were trying to get people to you know to to mute themselves. So so that was good. But a few things a few things were passed. Um, Sal, you, you weren't at the AGM. I, I was on behalf of Twickenham. Um, were, were there any messages that came out at your end? I mean, there's a few things that I sort of uh, um, sort of witnessed because I was there, but what, what was the message for those who weren't there? Is, is anything big sort of come back to you? I mean, there's something that you're going to go through, so I, I can just quickly sort of mention them. There have been some slight changes over the umpiring um, point system that was started last season. Um, and also the the last hour no, no longer being called the last hour from what I gather, if I'm correct. Yeah, that, I mean, there's a number of, there's always changes at, at an AGM. Um, I wouldn't say any of the changes are, are deeply profound this time round, and that's good. It, you know, we evolve rather than, than, than need any sort of revolutionary reform. But there were a few things, and my, my sort of key message would be for folks to, to go back and check um, on the County League website, with their club reps to make sure they understand what's most pressing for them. Because some of these issues may not be massively pressing for an individual, but others could be really quite significant. So, so make sure you read up on, on what's changed and don't just take our word as gospel. Um, the, the, the first thing that occurred to me was um, that, that the league's growing. 
Um, I think I'm right in saying, although although Paul Smith will no doubt be very quick to tell me if I got this wrong, that the league's expanding in terms of the number of sides that are actually playing. And I'm, I'm not talking about first teams per se. I'm talking about the number of teams that are, are turned out. And I think we're going up by 14. So that there's more third 11s, fourth 11s, fifth 11s out there. And it's great to see that individuals are still keen on playing cricket because, I, you know, I always wonder whether we're going to see a, a downturn in that. And it doesn't look like we are, so that's good. Um, the second thing was to do with, yeah, to, to do with the um, Treasurer. I think it's worth mentioning that Laurie Allen, a, um, a fellow Shrewsbury Town fan, I'm a good self, um, has done a sterling job in, in keeping the league's finances in order. Um, but he's stepping down, he's moving aside, and, and like to say, I guess above everybody, thanks to Laurie for all his efforts. Um, and he's going to be uh, replaced by uh, Fazli Wahab from Stanmore. Uh, and no doubt Laurie will, will, will talk him through um, all the challenges that... that, that inherently come along with being a treasurer. So that, that's one other thing to mention, that Laurie's stepping aside. Um, I guess one of the points of contention, if you want to call it that way, was about um, about non-turf pitches, Sal. Now, I don't know if you've got an angle on this, but the original proposition was that non-turf pitches should be allowed in um, Divisions 5 A and B of the third tier and Division 6 A and B of the third tier. And that was amended, actually, to have Division 4 as well, again, A and B of the third tier. Um, and, and that was that was uh, approved, 151 in favour and 40 against. So it looks like um, that's going to happen. Um, the league are going to have a look to make sure that the quality of those surfaces is still OK, because I guess there will be different types of non-turf pitch. And to check on rules and regs about moving from a grass pitch to a non-turf pitch, at relatively late notice because an interesting point came out what happens if we get to a ground and a club says well sorry but the, the, the turf pitch is unplayable well, we can move six six um, pitches along and play on a non-turf pitch that's okay isn't it and a few people thought well it might not be okay you might not have the footwear to enable you to do it there might be other reasons why it could be problematic so the league are looking into um process there about when you have to tell folks that you're playing on that surface and under what uh, circumstances it can change. But I guess, broadly speaking, it's a good thing, right? Would you agree, Sam? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, just looking at the, the laws of the game regarding changing the pitch, um, the pitch can't be changed unless the umpires decide it's dangerous or unreasonable to play. And if that does happen, then it's got to be done to consent of both umpires. So that's the sort of um, the, the law side of it. But of course, we're talking about third tier cricket. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's not first and second teams. There's no of pitches there. Probably have, yeah, probably have an umpire's either, for either game, for either side anyway, I suppose. I mean, look, there is a massive shortage of, of, of pitches in, in, in Middlesex. So if that's one way around it in terms of helping out if you get to a game and um, they haven't got the, the covers that you may have at first level ground and second level grounds of, of teams, um, to get, negate that situation and get the game on, if there is a if there is an, an artificial pitch there on the on the ground and it can be used, then why not? You know, I mean, as I said, so many games are now played on council grounds and places we don't have covered wickets and and, and the grounds are looked after as well as you know our clubs have grounds on a regular basis looking after our club or our wickets. Sorry, I think it's potentially you know the idea the whole thing we do this for is to play cricket on a Saturday. Uh, if your game's being called off and you've got a wicket which is on on your on your square which you could use, um, then that's 22 guys playing a game of cricket where they'd be going home, you know, probably quite frustrated. Well, I get that though, Sal, but I do worry just a little bit that you could you could find half an hour before the game starts that the home club would say, right, OK, pitch not playable, we'll move on to a non-turf now. And what happens if I've only got cricket spikes? 
you know, do I, do I then have to play in my trainers or, 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 or have I got the right to say no? I think that was a concern. Well, I think that both captains have to agree, don't they? You can't just have one yeah, yeah. side saying we're, we're going to do this and the other side don't agree to it then. If that's the case, then I imagine the game will be called off if, if one side were not willing to play. Um, and they'd obviously have a valid argument if they felt the pitch wasn't appropriate for play. Um, but as I said, you know, if you've got guys turn up to play cricket and you know they've got everything they need there, I suppose, I can't see why they wouldn't not want to play. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a conversation captains would have to have on the day themselves. But in terms of you know trying to get games played, um, it's, I think it's a good idea. Use any thoughts? I mean, I guess you've played an awful lot of last-man-stand cricket, right? And has there been any non-turf pitches there that you've come across? What What was the experience like? So last-man-stand, from from what I've played on, only play on non-turf wickets. So, you know, from my perspective, it's 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 something that just consistently happens. You know, without with, with moving back to sort of league cricket, it's interesting to say that, um, you know the weather in England is not the kindest and I'm surprised we don't move games. And the Pope remains Catholic, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm surprised we don't move to non-turf wickets before. Um, you know, coming and talking to a couple of my um, Antipodean friends that, that live in Australia and New Zealand, they play the whole year on non-turf wickets. And that's just to make sure that they actually um, are able to play, you know, the full season of cricket. So it's, it's not really affected too badly or anything to that effect. So it's interesting to say, you know, maybe we should just be looking at non-turf wickets because of, you know, the costs that it costs, the, um, you know, the, the, the it takes some of the variables out. Look, I understand that some people will say, you know, my spinners don't come into it. You know, it, it's, I suppose it's six or one half a dozen the other. How different is the experience? I'll be honest, I don't think in senior cricket I've ever played a game on a non-turf pitch. So I can't really comment from experience, but the pitches are different, right? And, and, and don't, doesn't that make a, a difference to, 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 to the league format? Surely you'd want people to be playing on, on broadly similar type surfaces all the way through, no? Well, think about it this way. Your wicket, from Twickenham's perspective to the wicket in North London, have two different variations. So if I was playing on a non-turf wicket, that's my wicket. So therefore, there's some home advantage to it. So you know, from my perspective, it's it's like I said, it's it doesn't really make a difference. Um, if anything, I'd argue that the batting conditions and bowling conditions are slightly better on non-turf wickets because they are more consistent compared to. Well, if they're know, well maintained, of course, if they're well maintained. But then again, our grass pitch is well maintained. You know, that's, that's that's what I'm going to go to is is how often and how well maintained are council-based pitches. And look, I know that they do their best. I know that we've had problems with with um, our turf wickets in the past, and um, given that you know weather wasn't able to, we weren't able to prepare them in time. Um, for some of the fourth and fifth eleven games, and you know, I thought to myself, then wouldn't it make more sense if we had an artificial, and you know, we were able to play more consistently on it? So, yeah, I think I think it's a good thing. For one, it means you get to play cricket. You know, that that's it. I know there'll be arguments about why there's negatives. From my perspective, any cricket that's more inclusive is is the best type of cricket. Yeah, I mean, I think the league will come up with regulations to get around the, the, the type of examples I gave. The, 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 and I don't think that's too hard to work through. Um, and indeed, Nick, Nick Brown said that they were going to do this over the course of the next few weeks. So um be interesting to see how it goes. And I think we are, it's worth remembering, we are talking about third tier cricket, divisions 4A and B and below. And, you know, I, I haven't played much cricket down there, but I, I do know from, from the bit that I've seen that, that, let's just say, squares are a variable standard. 
So, um, so if we can get games on, I'm with you, Hughes. Then I don't see any, any any problem with it. And I don't think there's a call then to move this actually through the leagues. I, I, don't, I don't think it's one of those things that once you start, everyone's going to have a non-turf pitch. I don't, I don't see that coming. Sal, would that is that right? No, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Um, and also, you know, you, sometimes you have younger players playing in these games, don't you? And what you don't want is a young lad, you know, say the age between 13, 15, 13, 14, 15, playing a dog of a wicket having a really sort of bad experience with Saturday club cricket and thinking this is not for me and buggering off and doing other stuff, you know, like his mates are doing maybe on a Saturday. These days, if they're playing on a non-turf wicket, they're going to maybe get some kind of situation where they can play on a decent wicket and maybe develop their game. I mean, obviously, you deal with them playing different kind of wickets as you as progress as a player, but, you know, you you know yourselves, and I'm sure you can, you know, agree as well, some of the standard of the wickets that you come across at the level we're talking about can be quite tricky. Um, and for young players trying to develop their game, you know, it's, it's not a great experience for them, really, is it? So you have to, to do that on a weekly basis. So, yeah. Yep, fair enough. Well, we'll see how it goes because we're going to, it's being brought in. So we, we will be able to pass judgment in, um, you know, give us nine months and we'll, we'll be able to come back on a pod and talk about it again. Um, while that's been brought in, one thing that's going, and you alluded to this, Sal, is that the last hour in timed. Cricket now. Some folks may, may maybe you know quite understandably sad to see it go. It's it's been quite a prominent part of the way, at least formally, time cricket was organised in Middlesex for a long for a long time. Um, I think the reason for it going is is a very uh, obvious and, and dull one, but it's a logical one, and that's an awful lot of players don't really understand how the last hour works or worked. And we saw two examples in the Premier Division last year of where the last hour was was not calculated correctly um i know one was involved in healing i don't know whether it was seen to to, to affect the the result of the game but it came up at the agm that um you know when, when premier league sides are struggling with the last hour with the umpires there then perhaps we, we need to think about whether other people might be in it. it it could be better doing it another way so it's gone and so that means that um there'll be a standard uh, time to finish the game and you'll have to get a set number of overs in and you'll go on whichever of those two is is later, which is, I think, generally going to be um, the, the, the number of overs in the day. But there's only two things to think about there, not the last hour as well, where you have to have a requisite number of overs. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's gone. Um, any thoughts on that one, Sally? Will you be reminiscing about the, lo- the loss of the last hour? I was saying, I'll fair, wasn't it? It's gone from 20 over to 18 overs, sort of diminished in number of overs the last hour normally constitutes. So it's almost like, you know, you know, like you said, who's, who's really going to miss it? As long as we get the, the overs in that are entitled to be played in the day itself, then I don't think it's much of an issue. And as an umpire, I guess there's another thing. to worry about, yeah. I did think umpires have to be on the money with it. And if umpires aren't on the money with it, then there's the cue carnage because you could quickly get captains who are not overrunning the umpire. But I have had the odd situation where the umpire really wasn't totally sure and was taking a lot of advice from a captain who happened to be me. Um, <laughs> obviously, I was right. That's what I'm saying, but um, but I'm not sure that's ideal. So um, so yeah, I'm a bit disappointed, but at the same time, totally get it, totally get it. Um, talking of umpires, Sal, we, we've had more discussions about umpire points, um, and th- this is another one I think that clubs might need to make sure they've understood what the new rules and regulations are. And um, do, do you want to talk to us about this one, Sal? I know you weren't at the meeting, but as an umpire, this is something that you'll be aware of. It's about accreditation of umpires in second eleven cricket, right? Yeah, so just the process that you go through is, um, you know, you, you attend your courses or doing stage one or stage two, and then you'll start your umpiring duties for your clubs, um, whichever level it might be. And then you'll have to go through um, a 
process where you're observed by uh, someone who's your mentor, or, or it could be um, also somebody just like a, a person asked to come and observe you, and then that person will, will write a report on your, on your on what they've seen and what they think, ask some questions as well, and then you have to also send off your log of games that you've completed, and then that sort of helps in finishing your accreditation process. Once that's all submitted and gone through, you receive official credit accreditation. Now, from what I gather, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, the bonus system is linked to clubs having umpires who have gone through that process, and if they are, um, if they have, and they are linked to your or signed as official umpires for your club, then you can claim the points, can't you, for the that's right the bonus points for the season? Is that correct? Yeah, it's only four across the season, but you know, if you go yeah, down by one, then the four, the four could make a big difference. Um, and you get you get that for having um, an accredited umpire standing in a set number of games. Now you can have ten different accredited umpires; doesn't it? Doesn't have to be the same one. Um, but they've got to not just have, have been through the process; they have to have been accredited as umpires. So it's it's the same system as last year, but it's been tightened up. Because I think it was quite a lot of admin for for various. For, for, I know Keir Hopley was involved a bit. Nick Brown was involved a bit. So clubs need to make sure that they've got got the individuals in place who fit that criteria if they want to put themselves in a position to claim some of those those bonus points. And I know at Twickenham we 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 only had three of the four bonus points in our twos last year. Which I mean our twos got relegated not because of that, but um, but it was one thing we were we were quite worried about, and we took quite a long time to get up to speed with it. So I'd suggest that folks have a good think about it now in February if you're not quite sure where, where you stand. Um, how did North London fare with it last year, Sal? Have you got... Yeah, we've, well, we've got Bob Pedersen at our club, who's, who's, ah, yeah. who's the umpire, umpire guru here, so um, yeah, yeah. he was on top of the situation from day one, so we... we got the bill, Bob would have thought, yeah, he'd be fine. Uh, Bob's all over that kind of stuff, mate. He, he revels in that kind of situation. Yeah. Um, just to say, obviously, the year before was the COVID season, so, again, you know, not many umpires really had enough games to get the experience in, and Maybe observers weren't around as much as well. So there may be a raft of accredited umpires coming through this season who have gone through last season like myself. So there could be a lot more clubs now who can actually try and um, claim the points this season in terms of the system that was set up last year. Yep. Sounds good to me. I mean, I think the key thing for me is always that just because a bloke or a lady's done umpired for 50 years doesn't mean they're accredited. And the league are not trying to push those individuals out, but they are trying to just... Is professionalised the right word? I'm not sure it is the right word, but just trying to make sure that those folks who do take on what's well, a significant role in the game have got a little bit of background in it. So if you're unsure, if your club's, uh, if you fit the bill, then um, get in touch with the league or simply look look around all the documents on the website and I'm sure you'll, you'll be a little bit wiser after doing that. The last thing I picked up, and I don't really want to say much about this, but because I find it very confusing, to be honest, is that once again, the ECB, in their infinite wisdom, are fiddling around with classifications of players about who qualifies as an England player. I mean, surely it's basically anyone born in South Africa, isn't it? Particularly yeah, you'd like to think so. Yeah, <laughs> well, you guys have got to up your game. We need more batsmen, man. Come on, sort it out. <laughs> Is this because of the recent Ashes series, Dan, that you, you mentioned in this? Yeah, basically, yeah. Although I see KP's ruled him out, ruled himself out. That's a shame, isn't it? He's ruled himself know, but out. But who asked, who asked him, Dan? That's what I want to know. Well, I've ruled myself out as well, just to be clear. You know, and I, are you still in use or are you out? No, no, no. I'm I'm going for the Pope role instead. Yeah, yeah you've got more chance, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I think the ECB, in their infinite wisdom, they're, they're playing a bit, playing around with these qualifications. I know Paul Smith's very unhappy about this because it makes his life very complicated. Um, and so to the extent where he's not accepting any new player registrations at the moment, 
So um, when, when we do get closer to the season, we know exactly where we stand and people don't end up in the wrong category. So, so keep an eye on who registers as a, as a particular type of player, whether you're a resident player, a non-resident player and whatnot. And I think the key issue is people who've been here a set amount of time and what they need to do to qualify as a resident player. Now, those rules definitely have changed and you have to be here for a 12 month period up to, I think it's last April. So, um, so so that that might take a little bit of getting your head round, but if you have to be here for a set number of days in that 12 month period, uh, Paul Smith will tell folks. So, it, you know, in due course, you'll get your emails, but it does make life a bit, bit more confusing than it needs to be, I think. So keep an eye on um, on that one. I don't think there's anything else from the AGM, folks. So I was, I'm thinking we're getting to the stage where we start to hear a little bit about who we're playing in cups. Now, Sal, you've been following this a little bit. The national draws out, right? There's a there's a fair few Middlesex teams involved. Any that caught your eye? Any draws that have been made? Any ties that look tantalising? So this season, um, the ECB to be more inclusive, obviously, with things that have taken place in the last sort of few months, which have been in, in, in the spotlight and, and made headlines, which are for the wrong reasons. They try to be more inclusive and extend to cup competition. So um, they offer the, the opportunity for clubs who have not entered the national before to enter this season. And we've had some clubs come to sort of take advantage of that or put themselves forward. So following ties are uh, scheduled to start, um, I think, in May. Um, Brentwood will be playing Harrow Town. So tough game for Harrow Town. Tough on that, isn't it? Um, yeah. It is indeed. Yeah, playing against Brentwood, who are a very strong side. We spoke about them in the past. And um, which way will travel to another Essex side called Hadley and Fundersley. You know much um, about I don't know much about them. They're also, I think they're in the Prem in Essex, I think. So they, they've got some oh, okay. decent side. Uh, another all Essex Middlesex ties going to be Hornchurch um, at home to Finchley. And then North Mid will be hosting Saffron Walden, who play in the East Anglian Premier League. So these are all from Group 14. Um, they sound like a tough round of fixtures, mate, to me. They do. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's also one of them ones availability plays a massive issue, doesn't it, early on in the season. So what kind of sides are we all these? teams put out on the pitch itself could be an important sort of factor in who, who goes through. Um, we've got um, Bush um, holsting the tie that you guys play pre-season quite often, more than Wanderers. So you might want to get on the phone to Bush guys, give them some ideas of who to look out for maybe. Um, Stan Moore at home to Burke Hampstead, who play in Hertfordshire. So that'd be a nice little local game for them. Um, I think Stanwell should be too strong in that one, to, so should be looking to go through. Um, we've entered this year, North London have entered this year, the competition. Year. We've got a lovely plum away trip to Wanstead, who won the national, I think, three years ago. Um, oh, best of luck. Winning, yeah. <laughs> yeah, consistently up in the top two in the Essex Premier League. I've got a raft of Essex players playing for them normally, or I've got a great production line for young players coming through. So thanks to whoever did the draw for that one, giving us that one. Um, and we've got Crouchen hosting the side, who'll be. Landing on on into their ground um, by which form of transport I do not know called the Martians. Um, Tell me more, so the Martians. What what, what on I earth mean, is this about? I mean, I get the whole point about being more inclusive, but you know, sort of going off to another planet, <laughs> inviting teams over. I mean, that's, that's, that's a bit. Playing, you know, you know, I mean, like you know, yeah. great work from UCB and trying to make contact with someone from another planet and asking them to come play cricket over here. Um, so yeah, I've done a bit of digging on on them guys. Um, they play in a league which is sponsored by a company called the Freedom Circle. And it's called the London Sports League. Um, I think it's based in Essex. They played the cricket on a Saturday. They came third last year in their league. Only six sides in their league, so I'm not sure how the depth of the actual league itself. Really? Um, wow. I'm, I'm thinking they're not going to be much of a challenge for Crouch End. 
but you never know. As I said, if you call the Martians, there must be something special about you. Anything could happen with a name like that. They, they, you know, goodness knows what to expect. Great name. Great yeah. name. I mean, we had the Ultimate Warriors last year, and this year we've got the Martians. So, you know, <laughs> who's next next year? That's what we're waiting to see. I've been intrigued to know what the Martians are expecting with Crouch End, because, um, yeah, Crouch End ain't bad. Um, you know, <laughs> I hope they realise they're going to be turning up and playing a side that have got a bit of pedigree. I mean, I'm sure they'll do their research nowadays. You can find anything on anyone, can't you, effectively? So, um, what I don't get really is, I mean, one, this thing, obviously it includes your part, it's a fantastic idea, but how they've extended to a side that don't really play, not Premier League cricket, for instance, borrowing maybe an ECB league, for instance, in terms of, you know, we've got the middle sector, we've got Surrey, Essex, Hertfordshire. I've never heard of the league. You know, obviously, you know, I know quite a bit about my sort of club cricket leagues and I'm not heard You've of it. You've not heard of it, so I'm sure we've not. So, um, yeah. You know, I'm not sure how they've made it. But obviously, good luck to them. Um, if it's at home, I'll pop over and have a look at the game as well and see, we'll see what these guys look like and, you know, what kind of equipment <laughs> they've brought over. The legs they've got, yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. 17 arms. I mean, they're in a, as I said, there's there's a six division side. One of the other side is called London Desperados. So, um, there's a few interesting sort of teams in their league as well. So, listen, good luck to them. And yeah, absolutely. Sure, they have a great. They'll have a great day out and have, and have a good time at Crouching. I have to say though, um, I mean, you know, we joke about them, but I do wish them well. You know, I hope they turn up and put, and put a good account of themselves in there. But this is the ECB's idea about inclusive inclusivity, is it? You invite sort of pretty, you know, pretty left field people to go and, in theory, get a bit of a dick in somewhere, right? I mean, is exactly. That, is that inclusivity? Is it? Is that, is that what it means? Well, yeah. Mm. Look, you know, it's something I'm sure that we could talk about and. I don't know how they've come to the decision about um, allowing them to play. I mean, you know, if they fit the remit of what they've asked for, then fair enough. Um, but again, you know, if you're looking at a side that's, you know, we know the sides on a Saturday who play league cricket, what they're about. I've not heard this league before. I've not heard this team before. Um, they're playing the sixth division league or division, sorry. So it's a six side division. So not a huge amount of depth in the competition, even by the looks of it. So, you know, as I said, there's only one way we're going to find out it's on the day itself when they, when they turn up and play. Yeah. Yeah. Although it is now the biggest banana skin in the history of club cricket ever for Crouch Head. We're going to say that. <laughs> Boreham Wood and Bournemouth, Dan, isn't it? it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Boreham Wood obviously beat Bournemouth this evening. We're recording on Sunday evening. So anything is possible. Kitty nearly beat West Ham yesterday as well, which would have been a good one. Exactly. Yeah. And just to add, there are some of the sides who've been given buys. Um, I'm assuming, because I'm not seeing the full draw itself, um, I'm assuming Ealing of Green given a buy. Tennant and I, I imagine Richmond, maybe one or two more of the of the Premier League side who had sort of quite good records in the past have been put through to next round. Yeah, to be fair as well, not all the Premier Division sides enter. So I can think of one and huge can as well. Um, and at that, that, that's another point, isn't it? That Sunday cricket it is, as we all know, ever more of a challenge. And and even relatively big clubs like ours, we, we can't put a side out on a Sunday that that mirrors our our first eleven. We we can put. Or perhaps we could do for a couple of rounds, but then we'll we'll turn up to to Wanstead away or whatever with, with with you know after third team a few of the fours and a few blokes don't even know, uh, and and for that reason we we sort of have had to take a step back from the national um, and and I guess other clubs might see it differently, but um, but Sunday cricket to us is always a bit of a struggle. Is that fair, Huge? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um yeah I mean you know historically we struggle to get sides out. Um, uh, on a Sunday, besides the the friendly eleven that we can put out, I mean we can put that out into the national if we like, but it would be the Martians versus Crouch End, I suspect. Yeah. So, 
you know, um, from our perspective, it's just been realistic in the amount of cricket we want to play with all the cups and competitions that we're in. And um, yeah, unfortunately, the national, as much as it is a high priority for a lot of sides, um, you know, may, maybe in years to come, we might enter it. But, but for this year, I think it's one that we're going to pass. Yep. I think also we've, we've sorry, Dan, to interrupt you, Eugene, pre-season is quite a big thing now, isn't it, for most clubs now? So you've got games starting mid-April, mid, mid sorry. So you're looking at a season that extends into September. Um, you've got to sort of pick and choose your battles, haven't you, really, when it comes to your cricket, I suppose, if you've got family and other commitments. And, you know, we spoke off here about this. I think pre-season nowadays is, is probably quite big for most clubs. You know, you want to get your prepping against good teams and get good games in and get guys batting and bowling, you know, time at the crease and get the overs in. Um, so do you sort of sacrifice playing a good side in April and playing a cup or do you just think, OK, let's focus on getting good prep and the league is obviously it's a bread and butter for everyone really, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, I think both of those angles can work. I mean, for, for us, we, we, we all start on um, the 16th of April, I think it is this year. So we're right in the middle of April with our annual freezer match against Acton when it's always absolutely Arctic. You know, every year it's freezing, but it's an important part of our our pre-season schedule and and the still the Sundayness of the league of the not national knockout doesn't doesn't quite fit with that so well. But I mean, each to their own. I mean, I, I marvel at clubs who manage to get you know their their full first team out for, for ten Sundays a season because we just we just can't do. It. I think one of the point is that sides who are on the way up, sides who are moving through the divisions, they may be in a slightly different position. Um, and certainly back in the early 2000s, we were in that position and we definitely were a much stronger cup side th than we than we are now. And part of that was, I think, because we were we, the, the whole club was going going up and seeing the opportunity to beat sides who were two divisions above us. And, and of course, that doesn't really apply anymore. So so maybe if, if, if you're sort of in, in that position, then the cup has a bit more charm about it and, and fair play. I, I totally get it. Um, yeah, we're, 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 you know, we're... You know, we've got a tough draw, but we'll, we'll take a strong side over to Wanstead. And, you know, Wanstead will be strong. You know, they're, they're a side that is sort of similar to Ealing in, in many regards in terms of they will have sides that replicate Saturday's team almost every Sunday in, in games they play. So that's going to be a tough game for us. But we have the the, um, the added bonus of if we win that, we could play the Marshalls the next round. So yeah, that'd be great. You know, that could be, that'd be, that's, that, that's our game. It's an away game, Sally. So can't mean for a place on the rocket. <laughs> yeah. I'll come and look. I'll bring the family. Yeah. <laughs> and Elon Musk and all you can you can provide. Yeah, the driving, I hope. Yeah. All good. All good. Um, talking of cups, um, liaise with Bob Baxter about the the various cups that are in existence here in Middlesex, and um, with a couple of them, I think the draws are going to be published on the website later this week. Uh, by that I mean the Middlesex T20. I know Bob's been thinking about this with Rajnath. Um, and I know that they the first round of matches will be Monday the 2nd of May. That's what um, what, what Bob's looking at. And th th again, there'll be four teams playing at one venue and then one of those teams will go on to the um, to the second round, which will be Sunday the 5th of June. And there's a few clubs that have got buys to that. Um, Bob will advise on all of this, or well, Bob will advise, it will be on the website in, in due course, so keep an eye out for that. I know that plans are afoot. In terms of the Middlesex Cup, um, the trophy draw is still a work in progress, um, I, I know that, but again, I think it's going to be out pretty quickly, but the uh, Middlesex Cup draw um, is, is out there, and, and I believe I can even read it out, so shall I, shall I go through it? Would that make sense? 
I don't know if yeah, club, go for it, mate. Yeah, if clubs will know that this draw already. I don't think it's publicly available, but we've had the, the all clear to talk about it. Um, so first up, we've got Winchmore Hill against Hornsey, um, which strikes me as quite an interesting one. Second game, Ealing will play Wembley. Um, Enfield will play Crouch End. North London will play North Middlesex. Nice local derby for you there, Sal. Um, Stanmore will play Bromsbury. Uh, Harrison Marys will play Finchley. Acton will play Teddington. And Richmond will play Twickenham. So we haven't got far to go um, in that first round of the Middlesex Cup. So we've got 16 sides there. Um, and that's, um, yeah, that, that's where we where we are for the, for the Cup. The trophy will involve all the sides that are not involved in, in the Middlesex Cup. So keep an eye out um, for more details on that. First thoughts on that, um, Sal? What, you, you, is that a good draw for you guys? Well, it's home draw. It's local. Which is uh, good, yes. That's good. Uh, and, I mean, you know, North Mid have a lot, lots of commitment. So, you know, we may catch them on a day where they're not as strong as normal um, and maybe sneak through with a, with a win. But, yeah, again, it's good to test yourself against good sides and, they don't get much harder or easier than um, North Mid, do they, really? So yeah, that's going to be... Even if they've got four or five of their players away with Middlesex or elsewhere, they're going to be good, aren't they? They've got a very... Yeah, strong... they've, got some good, they've got some good young lads coming through and they've got good sort of senior players within the club. So, you know, and we, had, we played Joel Hughes last year in the third level with a dodgy ankle. So, you know, yeah. hope, hopefully his ankle is dodgy again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm noticing that so there's obviously a couple of sides in the Prem not taking part in the competition. Is that correct? I don't see Hampstead in the draw, so... I'm assuming that they're not taking part this season. You know, I I think that's a pretty big assumption for Hampstead to not be in it. I I, I am not sure, but um, I've been told that that's the draw. Um, and also, Bush are not down as well. So, I mean, I mean, we only go by what we've got in front of us, haven't we? So, yeah, that's that's what that's what we can see. Well, that's um, that's what yeah. I, and I was told explicitly that that draw is fine, but the other two are are, are not quite with us. Um, what I would say is. Um, it, the draw uh, will be put on the Middlesex County Cricket League website um, this week. Have a good look at that one. That will be the former one, not whatever, what we say on this pod is just for, just for us, really. Um, but look at that again uh, when it comes out, just to make sure you are where you know you are. One last thing that I wanted to throw in, folks, uh, and you may have seen this on the County League website. The league has a new sponsor, and that, that has to be good news. Um, Hughes, did you pick up on this? I did. Um, I specifically saw that they're giving away stumps that are going to be branded with AJ Sports. Yeah, so long-time sponsor for the Surrey division, um, you know, across the, the pond and, or across the river. Um, so, yeah, um, it's nice to have them on board. Um, I think we've had a, a year, a two-year buy from a sponsorship point of view. Um, so it's great to have the uh, Middlesex County Cricket League back having a, a title sponsor, which would be great. I think it's a three-year deal. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think it'll be good. Maybe we should try and get them on, you know, uh, get them onto the pod, have a chat with them, see what their ambitions are, and and obviously see what's going on from that perspective. But yeah, it's um, it's good that the the the, the county league now has a title sponsor again. I think that's worth underlining. It's not the easiest thing in the world to get a title sponsor. You know, perhaps, perhaps it was in years gone by. I remember Shepherd's Neem played a big role when just as I was moved to the county 20 odd years ago. But um, but yeah, I think uh, that that's a good effort. The, the guys in, in who run the league have, uh, have played a good hand there. So so great to have a sponsor on board. Um, obviously, strongly encourage people to support the sponsors as and when they can. And, um, and no doubt we'll be hearing more as the season uh, progresses. Anything else, folks? What else do we need to know? Anything you want to fling in? Just to add on that sponsorship deal, um, they've, they've, they've got branches in Surrey 
or in that, that part Pick of the shop, Clapham, maybe? Is there an AJ Sports? We've got one in Clapham and one in Kingston, and they actually opened up in Harrow. So that's obviously, I'm assuming, a link to why they've got involved with the league this season in the next two years. So um, they're the shop, they're opening in Harrow. So I'm sure if anyone's looking to get their cricket needs taken care of, they'll be happy to look after them when the shop opens up. Cool. Sounds good to me. Um, so hot off the press, I've just, just 100% confirmed that Middlesex County League draw, just to make sure that we have got it right, and it is right. Bob Baxter has, has confirmed that, uh, for example, um, neither Hampstead or Shepherds Bush are in it. They haven't entered this year. So if anyone was wondering why their names weren't mentioned, it's not a Dan Huff cock-up, which it could have been, um, but it, it's not. So the draw is as we read out. Look out for full details on the County League website. Right, Yush, anything else from your from your side? I suppose just one thing we're going to be doing a couple of we're making a, a small amendment to the pod this year. Uh, you guys don't even know this. So this is uh, oh, this is brand new hot off the press. Yeah. Um, we're going to be integrating with a, a new piece of technology called SpeakPipe, which is going to uh, speak pipe, which is going to allow our listeners to send in um, voice notes so, and ask questions and have opinions. And so effectively, we'll be is, snipping is that sensible? in. Is this the way forward? Are you sure? Well, it's it's interaction and inclusivity, Dan. So you know we're we're all, all in. Yeah, all so yeah, from our perspective, look out for that. There'll be a link um, that I'll put on the uh, on either the Twitter and the Instagram pages. So yeah, throw throw us a couple of questions. I know that you guys have been typing and texting questions into us and emailing, but how about getting your voice on the pod? So yeah, you know, record a, a short message or a, a nice um, monologue as to the way Dan cocked up the draw. Um, and and we'll oh, didn't? That's the case with it. <laughs> Absolutely. He was worried. I'll get, I'll get grant you that, but no, no. <laughs> cool. But yeah, look, look out for that. Look out for that. We'll, we'll hopefully get somebody on or a couple of questions in for the next one that we record in a couple of weeks' time. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. And we do, we do intend to be a little bit more regular now that the season is not too far away. Um, so any ideas for the pod, we're, we're, we're open to them. We're, we're certainly thinking of talking a bit, bit broadly about um, uh, race and, and diversity and some of the problems that English cricket has experienced over the winter. But we're going to do that, um, I think, in a, in a few weeks' time. We'll, we'll, we'll flag that up as and when um, we're ready to roll. So good, good. Well, have a good evening, folks. Um, and we'll no doubt liaise again sometime soon. Cool. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.